When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, episode number 246, Spider-Man, No Way Home. And beware, folks, there's going to be spoilers aplenty. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. If you can make it to the tunnel, it's a clean getaway. Yeah, but I can hardly see. Can I do your windshield? The wall crawler. The webhead. Just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Turn there. your friendly neighborhood dummy. There is. I apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that often wonders if there's another version of itself out there in the multiverse that's even more successful than this one. Hey folks, I'm your host. My name is Steven. And yeah, I want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home today. But first, just a reminder, episode number 250 is coming up on April the 4th. And I'm going to be live streaming that episode on Saturday, April 2nd at 7 p.m. And I invite you all to join me for that. You can submit your questions now to justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. And I will answer those questions during the show. But if you are there on the live stream, you can also join the chat there on YouTube and ask me questions there at the same time. So we can do a Q&A live and uh, I can also answer questions from the email. My only ask of you is that if you send me an email with the question for episode number 250, just put episode number 250 in the the in the subject line. All right. So yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Y'all know me. Y'all know that I don't really get out to the theater. Uh, even before COVID, I just wasn't one to do that because frankly, it takes a lot of money to go to the theater these days. And I try to use my money to, you know, buy milk, put gas in the car, pay my electric bill, stuff like that. I'm kind of like Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker, just trying to make a buck so he can pay his rent. Well, I had to wait until this thing came out on uh, 
digital. I did go ahead and buy it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, while I can't afford to go into the movie theater and watch it, it's, it's worth it more to just go ahead and buy a copy. So, you know, I'm not going to justify myself to you guys. (laughs) Anyway, um, finally got around to seeing it and I will tell you my initial thought once the movie was over. And frankly, uh, the same thought I was having throughout the movie, this may very well be the single greatest movie I've ever seen in my whole entire lifetime. Now, I did watch it twice. And while I still thought it was a super wonderful, amazing movie the second time around, I have probably changed my opinion from this being the single most favorite movie of my whole entire lifetime to maybe being in the top five, maybe the top 10, probably the top five, though. I mean, this was such an amazing movie. And, uh, I often tell you guys, just to go on a quick tangent here, that my brain works really weird. And as I am suddenly reaching back into my memory to, to hear myself talk, uh, you know, what I, what I just said, I feel like a couple times there I didn't say movie and I said episode. And I probably didn't, but my mind is telling me that, Hey, buddy, I think there was a chance there that when you said movie or when you meant to say movie, you actually said episode. And so just to be on the safe side, in case that really did actually happen, I have to acknowledge it. Anyway, back to the movie. So yeah, the sucker was like, what, two and a half hours long, maybe longer. And uh, there was so much going on. I am going to try to hit on some of my favorite points in the movie. Keep in mind, this is full of spoilers. I will say that if you have seen the trailer, uh, probably even the second or third trailer, you, you know, a lot of people, they watch those trailers and they go, oh, well, they just gave us everything that's in the movie. And no, they did not. They most certainly did not. They gave you a pretty darn good idea, but there is so much more to this movie than what you see in the trailer. Yeah, you have Spider-Man who has been, or Peter Parker, who has been outed as Spider-Man as of the uh, second movie, which was what? Far From Home. He was outed by Mysterio. And so we open in the third movie here, No Way Home, with basically the same way that movie two, the, the post credit scene, ended. Spider-Man is, is watching one of the big screens in Times Square, and, and he's freaking out because now it's been announced that he is Peter Parker. And now he has to kind of live with that type of notoriety. And he is actually arrested by... Uh, a federal organization called, I think that I know damage control was in there, which is a callback to a a book from the eighties or nineties, which I believe was created by Dwayne McDuffie. And it was about, I'll be honest with you. I've never read it. I keep meaning to, it's on my list of, you know, my giant stack of digital comics that I need to read. And actually looking it up here, it looks like it came out in 88. So I'll be getting to it soon because I'm I'm reading through starting in uh, 87 or 86 on the the Marvel app. Anyway, from what I recall, Damage Control, I don't know if they were a government entity. I believe they worked on a contract for the government where they would go in after a superhero battle and clean up. Well, in this case, they're, they're an actual department of the United States governments. The, 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 <laughs> I said governments. The United States Department of Damage Control is what they're called. And they come and they arrest Peter as well as Aunt May and uh, even MJ and Ned. 
and drag them down to to like a police station or government agency station or whatever, and they throw them into various interrogation rooms. And there's even one point where where the lead guy in charge is talking to May, and he tells her that she needs to get a good lawyer. She's both her and MJ are very hip to how uh you know these these policing tactics they use where they try to interrogate you and. And uh, they're both just like, no, I want to see a lawyer. I'm not I'm not going to say anything until you bring me a lawyer because I know my rights and I know how you operate. And so you're not getting anything out of me. But at one point, the the guy tells May, uh, basically, she she needs to get a good lawyer because she has been entrusted as the guardian of this minor, Peter Parker. And she knew that he was Spider-Man and she was allowing him to go out and put himself in danger to to fight super criminals and to, you know, during the whole end game thing where he went to another planet and fought Thanos and all that stuff. And that is child endangerment. And, you know, that kind of hit me in tugged on the whole on the on the old heartstrings. Uh, you could see that that kind of was almost like a punch in the face to her. And uh, again, MJ is in there. She's doing the same thing. I'm, I'm not going to talk to you until I see a lawyer. I'm not I'm not saying anything. Ned, on the other hand, admits that he 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 falls for one of their little ploys where the guy tells Ned. So when MJ told you that Peter was Spider-Man and Ned's like, wait, 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 because at first Ed's like, Ned, did I say Ed? Ned is like, uh, I can't I, I'm not supposed to talk to you guys. And the guy's like, hey, no, we get it. We get it. I just wondered, you know, when MJ told you that Peter was Spider-Man and Ned's like, whoa, hold on. You got that backwards. I knew Peter was Spider-Man before she did. And matter of fact, I'm, you know, I'm the guy in the chair. And he just starts revealing a bunch of stuff like, you know, I helped him hack a suit and fight an alien and, and, and do all this stuff. And the guy's like, wow, that's great. You realize that now you're an accessory to uh, Peter Parker and his his crimes against the United States, I guess, or whatever, being, you know, going out there and illegally fighting crime as, as Spider-Man. Well, they don't stay in jail, of course. They get a lawyer, which was probably one of my there. There are a few moments throughout the movie that just made me smile and almost laugh out loud, uh, you know, in in like joy, not as this is very funny, but just like, yes, I can't believe they're doing this. And I and, and I knew that this was going to happen because, of course, people are spoiling stuff all over the place. And I've avoided most of them. There's one big spoiler in the movie that I will talk about. Here in this episode, um, know that if you haven't watched it yet, you didn't go see it in the theater, you didn't get the digital version, I believe it will be out on DVD in a couple of weeks. So, you know, just don't listen to the rest of this episode and uh, wait until you after you see it. That's fine. I, I, got, I got a problem with that. I would do the same thing. Just make sure you come back and listen to my episode. Anyway, there there was one big spoiler that that I had no idea was going to happen. And I will talk about that a little bit later. But this first moment was when we met Peter's lawyer, Matt Murdock, played by uh, Charlie Cox. Is that his name? Who played Daredevil and Matt Murdock in the Daredevil Netflix show, which is now on Disney Plus. And, you know, again, I knew he was going to be there. I knew he was going to have a cameo in this movie. So that didn't surprise me. But there's this whole underlying element in the movie, this whole undercurrent of, you know, if, if you remember the end of the second Spider-Man movie, Mysterio is telling everybody that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But beyond that, he's telling everybody 
that he is dying and that it's Peter Parker slash Spider-Man who killed him. And he has this, uh, you know, like edited footage from these drones that make it seem as if Peter Parker, Spider-Man has taken control of the drones and used them to kill Mysterio. So there's this whole underlying, you know, conspiracy theory, this, this whole group of people that believe in what Mysterio uh, said, because the one thing he said is right. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He got that right. Why didn't, you know, why, why would he lie about the other part about Spider-Man killing him? So there's a lot of people like when he tries to go back to school and, and whatnot, and he's trying to, to do his thing as Spider-Man on, out on the street, people are yelling at him. Mysterio was right. You're a murderer and, and all that stuff. Well, Peter and May and Happy Hogan, who has a, uh, uh, not a large part in this movie, but he's in the movie a bit. They're in uh, Peter and May's apartment with Matt Murdock, their lawyer. They're sitting around a table and and Matt is telling them that, of course, all the tra- all the charges have been dropped against him. His legal woes are behind him. He doesn't have to worry about the legality of what he's doing, but he needs to understand that he's still got a lot of issues because he's still being tried in the court of public opinion. And at one point, a brick is thrown through the window. And of course, Peter knows that it's happening before it happens because he has what they call his Spidey tingle. I I hope they eventually start calling it his spider sense. I was really hoping that this is the, this was going to be the movie where they would officially call it spider sense, but no, they, they still called it the tingle, but it comes through the window that is behind Matt Murdock. And as this brick sails into the room before Peter can grab it, Matt, without turning his back, and who is, of course, we know, blind, catches the brick and hands it to Peter. And Peter's like, how did you do that? And Matt's like, I'm a really good lawyer. And I just, I almost jumped up and, and threw my hands in the air and, and waved them like I just didn't care because I just really, that again, that was my fir- the first moment in that movie. Everything I was enjoying, I was having a great time with, and then that moment came up and I just... I wanted to pump my fists. I was so excited about that. I cannot wait for the Charlie Cox Daredevil to be introduced into the MCU. And and I understand that they are they are going to be the, the term I've heard is a reboot uh with a new Daredevil show that's going to be on Disney Plus. I would assume just based on the fact that it was called that that they're calling it a reboot is that all of the their the def, Defenderverse shows the Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist are not in canon at this point. So we'll see. I mean, spoilers for Hawkeye. So if you haven't seen Hawkeye, you know, you might want to stop or, or skip forward about 10, 10, 5, 10 minutes. But, you know, Hawkeye had Kingpin in it, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who played Kingpin in the Daredevil show on Netflix that is now on Disney+. Plus. But he didn't seem to be there, there was something about him that was just a bit different. And so who knows at this point? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they have come out and said that, that the Defender verse versions of those characters ha- are not officially in canon. But if, if they have pointed out to me, just another fanboy at gmail.com. Anyway, so the trailer, if, if you're one of these people who watch the trailer and go, okay, I've, I've seen the entire movie now, the trailer makes it seem as if Spider Man, uh, Peter Parker is upset, you know, that everybody knows who he is and it's making life at school hard and there's all these paparazzi around and, and whatnot. So he goes to Doctor Strange to uh, make everybody forget. Well, 
that is in essence correct, but there's a little bit more to it because we we find out basically Ned and MJ and Peter just try to go back to their normal lives and they do have, you know, just paparazzi all around and people yelling at them that Mysterio was right and yelling at MJ for being the girlfriend of a murderer and, you know, stuff like that. But as they're trying to get back to their their normal lives, one of the things that they're doing is they're graduating from high school and they are applying for colleges and all three of them are trying to get into MIT. But we find out they each get their MIT letters. They meet at this little cafe that uh, or this little diner that MJ works and they all open up their letters and find out that none of them got in. And in fact, uh, MJ and Ned, their letters basically say something to the effect of due to recent events, you know, we cannot uh, accept you for uh, registration at this time or whatever. And so Peter realizes that because of him, his friend's futures are ruined. He's He's almost, you know, being Peter Parker, being who he is, He's like, okay, if my future is ruined, that sucks. But I made this choice. This is not MJ and Ned's. It's not their fault. And he, you know, the big thing about Peter Parker and Spider-Man has always been this massive sense of guilt that he always carries on his shoulders. And uh, so he feels guilty that he he being Spider-Man or being Spider-Man is is affecting the future of his friends. It's, you know, not only are, are is their present messed up because of all the paparazzi and the conspiracy theorists and being recognized everywhere they go. There's a, a really good line where uh, MJ and Peter are FaceTiming uh, on the phone and Peter says, uh, you know, she's asking him how he's doing and how he's handling it. And he's like, uh, I am the most famous guy in the world and yet I'm still broke. And I, I love that line. Um, So anyway, that's when he decides to go to Doctor Strange and see if there's something that he can do. And of course there is, and they're going to cast this spell that will make everybody forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And as he's casting the spell, and you've seen this in the trailer, Peter keeps interrupting him. Well, uh, MJ needs to know that I'm Spider-Man and May needs to know and Ned needs to know. And kind of at the last minute, you know, he keeps making these changes. And then at the last minute, Peter shouts out, basically anybody who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man before the reveal should still know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then the spell just goes out of control and Doctor Strange has to contain it in like this mystical spell prison. Basically, the he doesn't he can't end the spell. He can't let the spell go. He can't uh, complete the spell because he realizes that it's it's gotten out of control and it's going to tear the fabric of space and time and all that. And so he captures it in a little spell prison and it's it's then which is another great moment where he's like peter look i'm sorry that you know your identity as spider-man being revealed has ruined the the future of your friends i'm sorry that you know even after you've gone back to mit and asked them to reconsider that they said no and peter's like wait a minute you can do that i i can call that he i can call them and ask them to reconsider and dr strange is like you didn't call And you didn't pick up the phone and ask them to reconsider? You mean before you thought of picking up the phone and calling MIT's register office and asking them to reconsider or to plead your case, before you thought of that, you figured Doctor Strange could make a spell to make, you know, to mind wipe everybody in the world. And uh, so then he kicks Peter out of the 
sanctum sanctorum. I know I'm saying that wrong. Uh, uh, one thing, here's another moment that I really liked. We learned in this movie that uh, Doctor Strange is not the Sorcerer Supreme, that Wong is. Uh, Doctor Strange seems to be a little bitter about this because he basically says that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme because of a technicality, because, of course, Stephen Strange was blipped for five years and somebody had to be the Sorcerer Supreme. And so it went to Wong. And I tweeted out, you know, that if Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, frankly, even if he wasn't, I love Wong. I think he's a great character and I really want to see more of him. I would love, especially now that he's the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, he's he's tackling big issues. I want to see uh, a Wong movie or a, or a Wong TV show, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme. That can be the name of the show starring Wong and all the the crazy stuff that he has to put up with being the Sorcerer Supreme. Anyway, so then Peter goes and he finds the the lady uh, who is like on the board of registers or whatever. She's she's one of those people who help make those decisions. Um, he happens to find out that she is on her way to the airport. So he he web slings to the freeway and he finds her stuck in traffic and he asks her, you know, to reconsider. And as he's doing this, that's when Dr. Octopus shows up. This is the Dr. Octopus from the second Tobey Maguire movie. Uh, so let's just run down the villains that show up in this. We've got Dr. Octopus from the second Tobey Maguire movie. We've got Green Goblin from the first Tobey Maguire movie. We've got the Lizard from the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Uh, we've got the Sandman from the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And we've got Electro from the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. So Doc Ock attacks. Uh, we learn uh, that uh, later um, after the, the the fight with Doc Ock. It, okay, let me just talk about that fight first because it was really good because Doc Ock is just cleaning Peter's clock. He's just beating him up all over the place. Um, Peter is wearing his like stark designed robo spider suit that has the the four spider legs that come out of the back because his regular costume ha was doused with green paint from somebody who yelled that uh, Mysterio was right and he hasn't been able to clean it. And that robo spider suit is made by nanotechnology. So during the fight, um, Doc Ock, again, he's winning. He rips off the, the, the front of the spider armor and incorporates the nanobots into his tentacles. And Peter has to, because, because then, then he's going to, he's going to impale Peter on a spike that comes out of one of the tentacles and it's, it's going for his chest. So in order to move enough of the costume to the front to stop this, you know, spike from ripping into his heart, the, the suit, the nanobots basically in his, his mask flow down to cover his chest. So now Doc Ock can see what Peter looks like. And it's at that point he goes, wait a minute, you're not Peter Parker. And, and, uh, then we learn that the robo spider suit, it's really funny because suddenly it goes, new device identified or something like that. You know, like your computer says when you plug a new device into it and then it says pairing. And uh, because of the nanobots that are now part of Doc Ock's tentacles being part of originally the robo spider suit, Spider-Man is now able to control Doc Ock's tentacles, which was really good. And then Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin shows up and we learn that uh, from 
Doctor Strange that the spell, but before he was able to contain the spell, some of it got out there. And basically any person from the multiverse who knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man has now been drawn into or is slowly being drawn into this universe, the, the MCU. And these villains, because they all know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, they, they, were, they have been drawn in. And so basically Peter and with the help of MJ and Ned are tasked with finding the others. They, Doctor Strange has now this mystical prison underneath the, the mansion, the Sanctum San... I'm not even going to say it. I always get it wrong. I can read it just fine. Saying it for some reason, my brain just doesn't want to say it. Sanctum San, Sanctorum. Uh, shut up. Anyway, he's got this prison, mystical prison built under there. And, and he, ha- he captured the lizard. And he captured uh, Doc Ock, Doctor Strange did. And so Peter and Ned and MJ are then tasked with finding any of the others. And he, uh, Doctor Strange mystically modifies Peter's web shooter on one arm so that if he shoots a web and hits one of these bad guys, they will automatically be transported into one of these prison cells. And so that's what happens with uh, um, Electro and Sandman. And uh, eventually he gets all of them. And... Doctor Strange is ready to send them back to their world, but Peter learns from Doctor Octopus. Well, actually, it's uh, Sandman who kind of fills them in on how Norman Osborn died fighting Spider-Man. Doctor Octopus fight died while uh, fighting. He fee fied foed fumdy dumdy. He died while fighting Spider-Man. Uh, we learned from Electro that he was uh, disincorporated. Would that be the right word? He was turned into energy and he lost his body while fighting Spider-Man. And so uh, thanks to uh, the moral uh, words of his Aunt May, who uh, is a big, of course, influence, a big moral influence on Peter's life, Peter decides that before sending them back, he he wants to cure. He wants to fix all of them. He wants to uh, make, you know, take their powers away, make them uh, regular people so that when they go back, they will not be, they, they'll stop fighting Spider-Man and they won't die. And so that's where the movie goes in that direction. And uh, here's where we're going to get to the big spoiler because he gathers them all together. He and, he and May have been staying in Happy Hogan's apartment because it's very secure and it's away from the prying eyes of the paparazzi and all that stuff. And so he brings all of these super criminals back to Happy Hogan's apartment. And there's a, a bit of Stark tech there that, Peter uses to try to fabricate ways to fix all these guys. And the first thing he does is he 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 goes for Doc Ock first because he figures out based on scans that there's an inhibitor chip uh, at the top of the, the, the part of the tentacles that are attached to his spine that is supposed to uh, allow him to control the tentacles because the tentacles are artificially intelligent. But he realizes that the chip was damaged, which we saw happen in the second Tobey Maguire movie. And so he's going to fabricate a new chip and he does so and it works. And Doc Ock is very happy to be back to his old self. And But then we learn that Norman Osborn, who has been, he actually came in on his own accord. He was the Green Goblin. He uh, he talks about how he's got this dark side, the, the goblin that makes him do bad things and he wants to be rid of it, and so he's going to help Peter because he's a he's a scientist too, and they're going to cure everybody. But we find out it's all a ruse that uh, Green Goblin was in control the whole time, and 
and or at least part of the time and he takes back over and there's this just this massive fight between Peter and and the Green Goblin which is just it was brutal I'm I'm it's one of those fights that is it's just so brutal that obviously a normal person would have been killed by the Green Goblin but it shows just how resilient Peter Parker Spider-Man is uh because I mean he he pushes them through walls. He slams them. He he slams them through floors, and uh, in the end, they they wind up in the lobby, or it might even be the the parking garage of this building where where Happy's apartment is. And here comes the big spoiler. Green Goblin. Kills Aunt May. There, I said it. Say I ruin everything for you. Well, it's mutual. Well, it's mutual. And uh, this was the first time that uh, tears flowed freely from my eyes in this movie. Um, Peter runs, of course, uh, because all these uh, men with machine guns from damage control show up and start firing at him and and he even takes a bullet to the shoulder at one point and uh he ends up he ends up running and uh then we then we get to this moment where MJ and Ned are over at Ned's house. Now MJ has this uh this box. I I should explain the box. So when Doctor Strange put that original spell in that little mystical prison, he then built this box around it. And it's got a it's got a button on it that when you push it, it will send everybody back to their respective universes. And um, Spider-Man took it from Doctor Strange so that he could help these people before they were sent back. And he gave it to he trapped Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension It was really awesome because Spider-Man ended up beating Doctor Strange thanks to math, which has always been the thing about Spider-Man, especially in the early days Whenever he would go up against uh, an electro or or a, or a shocker or even the rhino or, you know, one of his new villains, he always ended up using it was his brains in the end that he used to defeat them. He used science. And I always thought that was really cool about Spider-Man. Anyway, MJ is with Ned and they've got the box. And Peter had basically told the two of them, I will call you when everything is is done. And then you press the button. Well, they're watching on the news where Happy's apartment was destroyed and all the villains got loose and there was at least one person dead and they haven't heard from Peter and she's going to she's going to push the button. And in the meantime, another little part I left out when when uh, Spider-Man trapped Doctor Strange in the mirror verse, he took the box and he took his little sling ring thing that allows him to open up portals. And Ned had made just an offhand comment when he first met Dr. Strange in this movie, where he's like, how do you know if you're a magical man? Because my grandma says that magic runs in the family. And and sometimes I feel a little tingling in my fingertips. And Dr. Strange says, I I would advise seeing your physician about that. But Ned ends up with this sling ring. And so he and uh, MJ are sitting around and they're both very sad. They don't know where Peter is. They know that something bad happened at the apartment. MJ wants to push the button. Ned tells her, you know, she can't do that yet. They need to hear from Peter first. And then he kind of moves his arms around in frustration and says, I just wish I knew where Peter was, something to that effect. And a small little sparkly circle appears in the air, like one of the one of the little 
teleportation, you know, one of them little windows or were a, was trying to open up. And, and so he tries it again and he tries it again and he ends up opening a window, you know, a door to somewhere else. And, and, uh, we see Spider-Man in an alley and they're like, Peter, Peter, come here. And he steps through and we find out that it's the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and really funny moment there where MJ is trying to get him to prove that he is Spider-Man from another universe. And so he jumps up and just with his hand, he's, he clings to the ceiling and she throws, she throws like a dinner roll at him and she goes, that's not enough. Crawl around on the ceiling. And he's like, I'm not going to crawl around on the ceiling. And she throws that dinner roll at him and she goes, she goes, why didn't you deflect that? Don't you have the spidey tingle? And he goes, well, of course I have the tingle, but it, it doesn't work against bread. And, uh, Ned's grandma comes out and she, she asks, um, if while he's up there, if he would take care of some cobwebs in the corner. And so he climbs across the ceiling and does that. And, and so then they try again to, to find Peter and they end up, uh, bringing across the Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker. Now, when I say bringing across both Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man are now in the MCU at this point, they were pulled through the same as the villains. Andrew Garfield has been just trying to figure things out. Whereas Tobey Maguire, he's not in his Spider-Man outfit. He's in his regular uh, street clothes. And, but he's been trying to locate this universe's Peter Parker. He knew, he, he, he knew going into it. It's like he just sensed he was in a different universe. There was another Peter Parker here and that something was wrong and he had to help him. So MJ and Ned, they don't know where Peter is, but, uh, Toby Maguire, Spider-Man says, well, is there somewhere where Peter go would go when he just needs to get away and needs to be by himself? And when he needs to think, he's like, my place was always the Chrysler building. And Andrew Garfield says, Empire State Building. And, and Toby says, oh, that's a great view. And so then they realize, uh, Ned and MJ realize that he's on the roof of the school. Because we see a moment where he and MJ, to escape all the hoopla, they're, they're, they're up on the roof. And, uh, so they arrive, Peter's there on the roof and he's just very sad. And MJ and Ned immediately go to him and the three of them start hugging. And this is the second time in the movie where tears really started to flow. And I'm actually feeling slightly emotional just thinking about it. It was a really hard scene to watch. Um, the three of them just holding each other and crying. And then Peter realizes that somebody else is there. He can sense it. And that's when the three Spider-Men meet and Peter at this point, I'm just going to refer to the MCU Spider-Man as either Peter Parker or Spider-Man. The others, I will refer to them by their actor names. Uh, Peter basically tells the two of them, look, I'm done. This is your problem. Now we're going to push the button. We're going to send everybody back. And uh, he, at one point, because Andrew Garfield says, look, I know what you're going through. And Peter's like, no, you don't don't act like you do. And that's when uh, Andrew Garfield talks about losing Gwen. He didn't talk about losing Aunt Uncle Ben, which was kind of weird because that's what Tobey Maguire talked about losing Uncle Ben and how, you know, it was all his fault. And, and Andrew Garfield talks about not being able to rest to save Gwen and she died in his arms. And, you know, he could say the same thing about Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben died and it was all his fault, but they, they kind of gloss over that. And then Peter talks about Aunt May and how she told him before she she died that with great power. And then that's when Tobey Maguire finishes it off comes great responsibility. And Peter's like, how do you know that? How do, how, where, where do you know? Why do you know that? And he said, that's what my uncle Ben told me just before he died. And Andrew Garfield's like, my uncle Ben told me the same thing before he died. And 
The thing about this moment, though, that had me a little confused, they have never mentioned Uncle Ben. As far as I know, I maybe May has mentioned Uncle Ben, Uncle ben dying, but they've never, I don't believe they've talked about Uncle Ben dying in relation to Peter becoming Spider-Man. They're basically using this moment where Aunt May dies. Basically, Aunt May is his Uncle Ben. Uh, for the purposes of somebody dying while he's Spider-Man and he feels responsible and he has to, to, to do good because of that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's been addressed anywhere. I don't know if anybody's talked about it, like on a behind the scenes or in an interview or anything like that. It's obviously, I mean, it sounds, well, again, I don't, I'll have to go back and watch that first, you know, Spider-Man homecoming because I feel like May mentions that there was a Ben that maybe she was married to a guy named Ben who passed away. And I, I, I feel like when I heard it, I just assumed that they were talking about when Peter became Spider-Man and got his spider powers. And you know that that part of the origin was still in place, but this makes it makes me second guess that like, you know, I don't know if that's still, I don't know if that's the, if, if that's the origin of Spider-Man in this universe, because they've never fully talked about it. We know that he was bitten by a spider and that's how he got his spider powers. That's he, he made his own costume and he made his own web shooters. That's it. We don't know if, if, uh, there was a, you know, if he, he went and tried to make money as an entertainment star and fail and decided not to stop a guy who, who was robbing someone. And then that guy turns around and kills his uncle Ben who instilled upon him the whole great power with great responsibility. But I mean, we know that he'd never heard that phrase until Aunt May said it. So that's, that's, that's got me curious if if they're going to explore that at some point. Uh, I know that somebody had told me that they felt like the ending of this movie to them meant like they were ending the Spider-Man story in the MCU that we were never going to see him. I, I, that's not the case. I know that I've read that they're going to do more of these that, you know, that this, uh, this Spider-Man and God, for some reason, I can't think of the actor's name. This Spider-Man will still be in the MCU. To me, the ending meant almost like, and I think I've, I've read this before is that Sony has their own Spider-Verse and then there's a Spider-Man in the MCU. And so like, if Sony wants to do Spider-Man movies, they can continue to do so, but maybe it's Andrew Garfield in the Sony Spider-Verse. And I think people would understand that. And, uh, but then again, I feel like if they go that route, eventually it's going to get so complicated that the MCU is going to have to have their own crisis on infinite earths type of thing to bring everything back into one universe. Anyway, the three Spider-Men decide that they are going to save these villains. They're going to cure them. They're going to fix them before they send them back. Because as Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man says, that's what we do. And, uh, there's a great moment with the three of them in a lab working on stuff. And we learn that um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is still with Mary Jane and they may actually be married there. They kind of hint at that. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man has not met anybody after Gwen Stacy's death. He's, he doesn't have anybody else in his life. And in fact, he's he's a bit more uh, brutal than the other two because he's still angry over uh, the death of Gwen Stacy. There's so much I want to talk about, you know, when it comes to this movie, so many moments. But I think the moment that that made me laugh the hardest was during their time in the lab, because first there was a moment where Ned, you know, we learned because uh, 
Tobey Maguire Spider-Man says something about his MJ. We learn that the MJ in the MCU is not Mary Jane. It's Michelle Jones. Michelle Jones Watson. So everybody calls her MJ. And so Ned realizes, okay, so there's another version of Peter Parker in these other universes. There's another MJ in these other universes. I wonder if there's another version of me. And so he asks Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, so, uh, did you have like a, do you have like a best friend? And he goes, I, I did have a best friend. He goes, what happened? He goes, he died in my arms after he tried to kill me. And Andrew Garfield just kind of goes, dude, to Ned. And so then a little bit later in that scene, Ned tells, um, well, Peter learns that Ned opened a, a portal with that sling ring and Ned's like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally magic. And Peter's like, that's so cool. And, and Ned says, yeah, and I promise you, I will never turn evil and try to kill you. And it's not that that made me laugh. It's Andrew Garfield, who I think is just a wonderful actor. He reaches out and he pats, you know, gives, gives like Ned kind of a, a pat squeeze uh, support thing on his shoulder that just, just had me laughing out loud. It was, that was probably my biggest laugh moment of the entire movie. And again, my brain is doing that thing to me where now it's saying, you know, you may have said instead of movie at some point, you may have said issue. So I feel like I should, I should uh, just put that out there in case I actually did. If I didn't, <laughs> maybe I should see somebody. I don't know. So anyway, of course, the movie ends with the big epic battle on the Statue of Liberty that they are modifying so that the, the Statue of Liberty is not holding a torch, but is holding Captain America's shield. And uh, yeah, I think that's about all I want to say. I, don't, I, don't, I, I spoiled enough. Again, top five, top three, maybe. Definitely my in my top two. It kind of goes between uh, this and Endgame as my favorite MCU movie um, because I had many emotional reactions during Endgame, just like I did here in uh, No Way Home. It was a wonderful movie. It is, of course, required viewing if you are someone who wants to. Uh, experience the MCU as a whole. This is one that you have to see because it obviously is going to lead into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is just coming out in like two months. It's I think it's May. It's coming out soon. So really looking forward to that. But again, that's one I'm going to have to wait until it comes on Disney Plus. I'm probably I don't know. I may or may not spend money on it. I it's the the Spider-Man one. It was an easy decision to spend money on that because it's not going to come to Disney Plus. Only because uh, it's, you know, it was made in conjunction with Marvel Studios and, you know, or Disney and Sony. But it, I believe the distribution rights, it's owned by Sony. Uh, and they've got a really good deal there. They basically just have to sit back and, and, and watch the money pour in. But as the movie ends, I will tell you that it kind of puts Peter into a back to basics mode. Uh, he's living in a crappy apartment. He's on his own. I'm not going to tell you why. And he's just out there doing what he does as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because that's what they, that's what he does. That's what they do as the three of them would say. There's so much more I could say, uh, but I don't want to accidentally, I, like I said, I've spoiled a lot and I don't want to accidentally spoil the ending because again, for those of you out there who maybe have not seen the movie um, because you watched the trailers and thought, oh, well, I've I've already seen the movie. Then the movie tells us everything we need to know. 
And so maybe you're listening to this just to see, you know, what I thought of it. I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. So go out and see it. It's, it is, it, it's quite amazing. It's, it's a really good movie and it makes, uh, it, it may literally, I, you hear people say this all the time, made me laugh, made me cry. It did. It made me laugh and it made me cry. It was, it was a roller coaster of emotions to use another horrible trope there. But yeah, that was the movie. I freaking enjoyed it. I'd love to hear what you thought about it. Let me know. Send me an email. Just another fanboy at gmail.com. Tell me what you thought of the movie. Tell me what you thought of the episode. And then I will include your email in a future episode. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to the show. If, if, if there's a way to subscribe, please subscribe. I'm having trouble talking. Also, if there's a, if you can rate and review the show, please do that. If you're listening to this on Apple podcasts, please go in and give us a, a review or a, a rating one to five stars, five being the best. Of course, I would prefer a four or five, but you know what? Vote with your heart. And hey, if you never want to miss an episode or any episodes of any podcast I might ever do in the future, such as the Superman Super Show, which we've talked about already, not in this episode, but in a previous one, you'll want to subscribe to my newsletter and join my mailing list at list.justanotherfanboy.com. Com. It's totally free, and every episode that I do, be it just another fanboy, Superman, Super Show, event, or else, Steven or else, anything that I might do in the future is going to be emailed directly to your inbox. The theme song for this episode, after all the, the fun Spider-Man stuff, was written and performed by Derek Nybarger of Atomic Zombie Records. You can find more of his music at atomiczombierecords.bandcam.com. I also encourage you to come and join us over on the Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you're not only going to get the complete warm and fuzzies knowing that you are helping me support my family, but you're also going to get immediate access to the My Other Podcast podcast. This is a podcast that releases once a week, and with rare exception, is only available to my patrons. Join now at patreon.com slash Stephen And that's it, folks. All of the links will be in the show notes. Join me back here on Thursday for another JAF Classic episode. This goes back to November 15th, I believe, of 2006. And then next week on Tuesday, I I, frankly, I don't know what I have planned. But until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. <laughs> Just at the last moment, Spider-Man crashed through the door and saved me. He's wonderful. Oh, sure. If you like creepy, crawly, buggy guys. Who are powerful, daring, handsome, intelligent. Conceited, overbearing. Overbearing? And don't forget scary, brash, impolite, and all-around... Yucky.